Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Logan Hockey fans, are you ready to Brave the Wild? With me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps. I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to the show. Brave the Wild is also on the Hockey Podcast Network. I thank Dylan and Kyle coming out of Vancouver, British Columbia for having me on board there. Thank you so very much. And I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. It is a great pleasure to be back on board again once again today. The sun is shining. Yes, the wild <laughs> brief, uh, you know, perfect honeymoon is over with the John Hines. But it, yeah, but they, you know, the, the sun's shining again. The wild shut out the Seattle sea, uh, Seahawks, the Seattle Kraken, <laughs> after getting shut out by Vancouver and beaten in a back and forth mush fest against the Edmonton Oilers. So the wild one and two out of three games this past week. <laughs> The season isn't over, but it sure isn't anything super exciting just yet. Uh, you know, the playoffs still you gotta climb some <laughs> you gotta climb some pretty tall hills to get there because once you're behind, you're behind. And, you know, keeping pace with teams is one thing, but overcoming them is another. Sure it's been done. We've done it before with Dean Evanson, we've done it with Mike Yo, we did it with Bruce Boudreaux, we did it with da 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 da. So you get the idea. Um We'll see. Uh, it's it's uh, obviously odds are against the Wild because of the whole Thanksgiving thing, but we'll see. Teams make changes and all that, and miracles happen, and this and that. And the guy who was the miracle man in St. Louis after they uh, were the worst team in the league mid-season fired Mike Yo. I mean, talk about a team that overcame like the whole Thanksgiving deal by far because they were well past Thanksgiving, where the St. Louis Blues in 2019. They fire Mike Yo, hire Craig Berube, are the best team in the league the rest of the way, including hoisting the Stanley Cup in June. Well, they hired Craig Berube, so, all right, all right, um, after the weird uh, group of players they put together in St. Louis, not sure what they're doing, and there's a lot of teams in the NHL, we're not really 100% sure what they're doing. Um, Drew Bannister is going to be the interim coach in St. Louis, just in case you're wondering, and when you look up Craig Berube, the first image you see is Patrick Maroon celebrating with him, interesting, so, <laughs> Pat Patrick Maroon. So Drew Bannister will be the interim at the, at the very least, and we'll see how that turns out in San Luis. 
Hopefully the wild success against St. Louis can continue because it was minimal for quite a while until this year anyway. Um, when things, you know, when, when <laughs> luckily for the Wild, John Hines had taken over in that first game. So interesting how he, how coaches end up passing on the torch to another guy uh, indirectly, this and that. So what the heck am I even talking about? I don't know. Um, obviously, again, the season isn't over. But again, I mean, I'm not like dancing on the, <laughs> I'm not exactly dancing on the clouds or anything. Three games to review, four games to preview. We'll be playing Calgary and Vancouver again, this time both in the XL Energy Center. And the comments back and forth that I had last week, and also I think a lot of people looked at it and they're like, what are you doing? So some strange uh, setups here. See, staying in Alberta is one thing, is okay. But why not have the Seattle game either before or, or, or remove Calgary after, one thing or another? Because why go from, you know, like the West Coast, like British Columbia, or anything like that? So, uh, I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like going on right now. So, you, uh, yeah, you go from Alberta, you stay there for a while, then you go to the West Coast and back to Alberta. It's just kind of weird how things are set up in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah, see, I am looking at it correctly. Calgary to Vancouver to Edmonton back to Seattle. It makes no sense. For some reason, my mind was like, oh, Vancouver's in Alberta. Uh, no, it's not. Yeah, Alberta, British Columbia, Alberta, British, uh, you know, Seattle, which is right below British Columbia. What's the point? Why not, like, combine? Yeah, have Edmonton and Calgary be in the same, be at the same time, maybe move the Vancouver game after the Edmonton game? Like, you could have done that and maybe had a day off in between. I don't know. Um, but boy, oh boy, we sure need those three days off after Seattle. But I guess that's the kind of quote-unquote payback to play the Calgary Flames. And then, uh, you know, in Excel Energy Center, of course, Calgary Flames, Vancouver Canucks. Then we head to the East Coast this time, Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins. And then come back to host the Montreal Canadiens and Boston and all that cute stuff. So, yeah, um, we'll be playing original six teams a bit coming up here. Pittsburgh is in the second six, just like the North Stars were. <sighs> Anyhow, <clears throat> I'll keep moving. I'm talking kind of weird here, and I apologize. It's like my mind is blanking. Where are we? Where are we? I know <laughs> we didn't play Thursday, did we? Yes, my mind is completely blanking. <laughs> yeah, it's because of the days off and such. So uh, that's how that goes. It's enough to drive someone absolutely nuts. Yeah, so <laughs> we start things off with Vancouver. That's when the tide started to change. It's like, yes, 4-0, you know, with uh, John Hines. This feels awesome, you know. Then we get shut out by uh, shut out in Vancouver, not by Thatcher Demko, but by Casey DeSmith, who's been, you know, he's pretty much a mediocre goalie. He's been a little better since going to uh, Vancouver. He was mediocre in Pittsburgh most of the time, but the Wild pepper him big time in the first period. Do you think everything's going to be okay? We're going to win. I mean, Philip Gustafson, gosh, I mean, Vancouver's not even getting shots on net. And then all of a sudden, the Wild weren't getting shots on that either. And, I don't know, Augustuson technically not a good save percentage because he only, <laughs> he only faced 17 shots and gave up two goals. The goals against average is okay. Now, of course, with the time on ice, obviously, it was, it was an empty net for a bit. But Casey DeSmith hangs on and stops 26 shots for the Wild. Frustrating game. It was, the you know, the first period was awesome. It looked like the Wild were going to take early control like we had in a lot of these other games. Like, oh, it's going to be one nothing Wild in like three minutes or something. No, it just wasn't the case. You know, and it, that goal just never came. And that's pretty much the story. Vancouver wearing those classic uniforms from the 80s and 90s, <clears throat> which I liked very much. They wore those in the Stanley Cup Finals. <laughs> Stanley Cup Finals versus the New York Rangers. 
Unfortunately, Vancouver running into powerful New York teams both times they went to the Stanley Cup Finals back in the day wearing those uniforms. And then ultimately, again, another East Coast team in the Boston Bruins, which they almost beat. They almost beat, but then everything fell apart when it mattered most for Vancouver. So Vancouver over three in the Cup Finals, (laughs) unfortunately for them. Uh, Obviously an insanely talented team. This was pretty much the opposite kind of a game I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a high-scoring you know, at least four to two. Like that's kind of like middle, middle-ish, but possibly a five to th- three type of game. I, I don't know. Uh, though I suppose you do have two good goal kind of good goaltenders on both sides, Gustafson and Demko. So it could have gone either way. It's just the Wild offense had been kind of sparked of late. Demko had suddenly been giving up goals. All you know, his his super hot run has been cooling off a bit. And Vancouver's number one in the league in goals. Gustafson, and the fact that he only faced 17 shots against that pretty high-powered offense. You shut them to only two goals and you still can't win the game against Casey DeSmith is kind of weird and kind of frustrating. So that's the vibe that came out of that one. It is also kind of funny how, funny but understandable because how terrible, you know, the, the combination of uh, of uh, John Merrill and uh, Goligoski has been that you're switching them up now. Um, you know, like that, that's kind of been the strategy as you're moving forward. You're pairing Goligoski with Spurgeon and then Merrill with Bogosian. Because if you put the two together, it's kind of like suicide. You're just kind of... And, and then, of course, the Brodeen injury, which is coming up versus Edmonton. So let's not get our head ahead of ourselves. Um, in a lot of ways, well, for Wild fans, the feature presentation would be the Seattle game because we flat shut them out. But <laughs> the best overall game, the most entertaining for hockey fans in general would have to be the Edmonton game, wouldn't it? just sucks that we ended up losing back-to-back. Now you go from British Columbia all the way over to Alberta. I mean, it's not that far, but it's far enough. I mean, it's not like you're going to New York or anything, but still still kind of, you know, crummy to do that, I'd have to say. Come on, schedulers. You kind of figured a higher-scoring game. Poor Marc-Andre Fleury. (laughs) You kind of figured that. Uh, Edmonton's been red hot. They'd won, what, six in a row or so. Going into it, Stuart Skinner gives up goals. He's a decent goalie. He's like a kind of a stopgap, I guess you can say. (laughs) Blood, Bloodletting, whatever, stop the bleeding, that type of thing. Ryan Nugent Hopkins would end up having four assists. Four assists in the game. Evan Bouchard, including the game-winning goal, two goals, three total points on on the power play shot, shot on net, which just went through, like, Look, four or five people kind of like watching the puck. Not that they were like, you know, it's like they were just kind of frozen in a split second time. It was just a perfectly timed shot and placed very nicely as well. So credit to Evan Bouchard. No relation to uh, Pierre Marc Bouchard. At least I don't think so. And if there is, I apologize. I just don't know. Don't know. Uh, It's not important for this millisecond of time, I suppose. Marcus Johansson actually wound up with two assists in the game. So a guy we've been kind of frustrated with for a while. Uh, Matt Boldy finishing early in the game, and that was a good feeling, and also setting up uh, Juliar Janek with a nicely timed pass. Juliar Janek was definitely pleased with that, <laughs> as Juliar Janek is leading the team in goals, and is one of the goal-scoring leaders in the NHL at this moment. Everything seems kind of moving slowly here, and it's driving me nuts. I think it's because of one of the other pages, but uh, Juliar <laughs> Juliar Janek with his 13th goal this season. Boldy now with six goals, and that's an awesome thing. Uh, both of those goals were actually very close together. The Wild were trailing one to nothing, and then early in the second period, or in the second period, the Wild would go from down one nothing to up two to one, and you figure here we go, rock and roll. And then Connor McDavid with the goal of the year, possibly. I mean, that was 
<laughs> it was like Michael Jordan on skates in a way. Kind of like, you know, against the L.A. Lakers in the Cup, uh, cup Finals, the NBA Finals, when he went around Magic Johnson, James Worthy, guys like that. Just kind of up and down and under. <laughs> it was kind of like that. It was an amazingly timed, patience-laden goal. Um, amazing he was able to get the angle on the shot as he was behind Gustafson by the time he finally released the shot. But perfectly timed, perfectly placed. Connor McDavid only nine goals on the year. That's kind of weird, but <laughs> obviously uh, still an amazing season. Twenty-five assists, and they've been red hot. Of course, with Knobloch, again, no relation to Chuck. I'm pretty sure their coach doesn't have a relative in Houston, Texas, who used to play baseball for the Minnesota Twins when we when we actually won something once in a blue moon way back in the day. Drysdale, of course, of course, McDavid and Drysdale would find the back of the net somehow, some way, in this game. Each of them did. Drysdale on the power play, McDavid and Nugent Hopkins out all together. That's a nice group, of course. As good a power play as you're going to get, pretty much in hockey. It's just a matter of like everything else. And of course, Evander Kane just always finding a way to get in the. <laughs> <laughs> always finding a way to get involved if he's not scoring goals. Now something else happens. Smashes Brodeen as Brodeen's uh, got his back to him, kind of getting trying to get the puck on the wall. Uh, high speed hit, like a collision, you know, like, you know, smashed him into the wall. And you just knew right away, it looks like a, you know, it's serious. It's serious because it's just like everything kind of stops and everything. Uh, probably a broken wrist, and that's what it sounds like. He was wearing a red cast. So. It, once you're wearing a cast, it's obviously a broken wrist. So, and he was like kind of holding the arm. At first, I was wondering, could it possibly be a shoulder? But it's like, no, it got, it got his his arm got mushed into the wall. It didn't look like the angle of a shoulder injury. It looked more like a wrist injury. And unfortunately, I've had wrist injuries in the past. Tell my wrist that right now. It doesn't move quite the same as it did before, unfortunately. So that's just kind of how things go. Um, so that's pretty much the case there. Brodeen, it sounds like he probably had some kind of a surgery. Hopefully, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it's a scaphoid injury because then he would be out forever because the blood flow in the scaphoid, which is beneath your, beneath your thumb in your wrist, can take up to three months or more because the blood flow is different. So it's just one of those. That's kind of what happened in my case, one of, one of the cases. I'm guessing he had the two bones possibly. That's what I had with uh, roller skating way back in Halloween 92. Yeah. Yeah, that sucked. You could hear it crack. Yeah, wonderful sound. It's it just wonderful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'm guessing Brodine didn't hear his, but you never know. He, he might have, so it's possible. Um, unfortunately, right after that, again, uh, it was a tie game at the time. Ryan Hartman retaliates. Evander Kane gets the penalty. Evander Kane, no penalty, no suspension, nothing. And then the next night... Similar thing happens, and the player, <laughs> the player gets, you know, the five-minute penalty, five-minute major, ejection, one-game suspension. And the question was, why didn't this happen the night before? And it does happen the next night when it's the exact same play. So, pretty lame, pretty crappy. So, of course not, you know, of course not. <laughs> so, they just hate Minnesota. No, it's just, it's just bull crap. I mean, Evander Kane, I don't know if they're trying to be, trying to give him a break after all the uh, discipline he's been through, but no, that's not an excuse. That was bad. It's a bad play. It wasn't necessary. Um, and a lot of people are upset about that one. And rightfully so. 
Minnesota Wild ended up losing the game. The power play happened right after that, of course. Though the power play goal did happen very early. Very early in the third period. So it's not like the Wild didn't have opportunities, you know, along the way. Just didn't finish on them, didn't capitalize on them. It was, a, unfortunately, a turning point in the game. Obviously, Leon Dreisaitl, that was a turning point as well. With a minute and a half remaining in the second period, was able to score on the power play. So a couple of power plays given up. <sighs> Sounds familiar, huh? Sounds very familiar. A couple, couple power plays given up. <laughs> very familiar, huh? But yep, late in the second, early in the third, it goes from a 3-2 to two game. Everybody's feeling like a million bucks after our Connor. Connor Dewar with a sixth goal of the year on a nice release. Nice shot from my, uh, nice pass from Ryan Hartman. But good uh, shot, one-timer from Connor Dewey Dewar. Was able to finish there. Brock Faber with his 11th assist. And a lot of people talking about Brock Faber. Should absolutely be in the Calder conversation. Even though, again, unfortunately, it's the other Connor. Connor number three. <laughs> Connor Bedard. That Connor. There, there's a lot of Connors. There's a lot of Connors, you know. And unfortunately, ours is probably the lowest scoring. But he's a nice player. And I'm in no uh, rush to, to move him out here. Even if, uh, who's in the Dean office here? Who's to say they can't play together? Might be an awesome uh, duo. We'll see. Or just play on different lines. Hell, hell with it. Maybe Dewar moves up to third. Or maybe who's the Dean of as a third liner, which is probably more likely. With that said, <clears throat> getting kind of into the prospects almost there. But um, Dewar's had a nice run. Boldy's certainly been playing significantly better. He's a completely different player uh, underneath uh, John Hines. Completely different. So that's a good sign for him anyway. Uh, not sure what the what the deal was with uh, Dean Evison and Matt Boldy. Definitely was in, an inconsistent run for Matt Boldy. Obviously, the incredible march, the march of Boldy last year when he went from a guy who was, you know, he's okay, blah, 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 and then all of a sudden he had, you know, he was getting closer and closer to 30 goals and wound up at 30 goals at the end of the day, um, end of the season, and mm, I don't know. Not sure why the inconsistency, but I guess that's just kind of how it's been. But Boldy's certainly been playing a lot like last March versus the other months in the playoffs and stuff, especially the playoffs. <laughs> the playoffs. Players disappearing in the playoffs? It just, yeah, never. Never happens. That's that's a myth. Come on, guys. What are you trying to say? Players disappear in the playoffs in Minnesota? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I am saying that, actually. Yes, I am. <clears throat> Seattle, a shutout. Yep, Gustafson. First shutout of the year. Fifth shutout of the se- uh, of his career. Pardon me. <laughs> Fifth shutout of the season. <laughs> Sh- sure. Yeah. Yeah, right. We'd have a slightly better record if that was the case. First shutout of the year for him and fifth shutout of his career. Thought felt like he had more than that, but he had a hell of a year last year. 3 nothing in Seattle. Seattle is a team that I picked going to, the West, uh, going to the Cup Final, winning the Western Conference this year. Oops. <laughs> yeah, oops, that'd be like picking the wild to go far too, but <clears throat> I'll digress off of that. Sorry, I had to do it. I, I know. Joey Decord. Joey Decord, actually not a bad game. I mean, he only gave up two goals officially because the third one was a uh, <clears throat> empty netter. Gustafson would only face 24 shots. It didn't feel a whole lot of a scary necessarily, but it was fairly low scoring because Joey Descartes did pretty well out there facing 25 shots. So to be fair, Joey Descartes did nicely. Vince Dunn, who's actually the leading scorer of the Seattle crack in the defenseman, and he's emerged nicely after coming out of St. Louis years ago. Young player, solid player, but uh, 
you know, I'm a young player leaving St. Louis anyway, but still, uh, you know, he's the best defenseman on the Seattle Kraken, but unfortunately, there's just not a whole lot of, not a whole lot of energy there right now. Guys are hurt and such. And Jordan Eberle having a terrible season, to be quite honest. He's been lousy um, compared to what he was before. <sighs> Brendan Denev, I think that. <laughs> I think the shine's worn off of that one a little bit. He had a hot start last year, and ever since, not so much. Ryan Hartman, <clears throat> yep, well, <laughs> Ryan Hartman, he, yeah, it's funny again how he got two, a two-game suspension, and Kane got zero. Interesting. Um, Kaprizov would get another assist. Jules Eriksenak with Boldy. Boldy scoring again, continuing his run to now seven goals, scoring fairly early. Good play from Kaprizov. Rossi would end up finishing on Zuccarello, who continues to, well, <laughs> he was on a point streak until the Vancouver game, but continues to be on a great run on pace for 97 points, which I apparently at his age group is very, very, very rarefied air if uh, Matt Zuccarello is able to hang on and get a career-high 97 points this year. So we'll see how that turns out. Drew Larson not getting his 14th goal of the year. Ryan Hartman assisting on that one, putting the game away with only four seconds left. That was nice to see. <laughs> Jules Eriksson getting yet another goal as he continues to be one of the best players on the team and probably the MIP, most important player. Not most improved, most important. Most improved off of last season, <clears throat> probably Faber, just in terms of how good he was. No, most improved is Rossi. Rossi. Faber was good last year already. It's just that he's even better now, and he's becoming the kind of guy you'd actually want to put on the power play, which in the past was probably not really a huge part of the conversation, putting Brock Faber on the power play. But, um, yeah, <laughs> look at Brock Faber on the power play. He's, he, he can do it. He can pretty much do it all. Penalty kill, best defenseman on the team, even better than Brodeen, according to some people. And I don't really disagree. A lot of people also agree that... Uh, Brock Faber's not going to be an alternate captain. He's going to have the C. He's going to actually be the guy that replaces Jared Spurgeon at some point. So, pretty damn cool when you think about that. <clears throat> Kirill Kaprizov actually below a point a game. He's continuing to be kind of quiet. Jules-Eric with 14 goals, by far the leading goal scorer on the Wild, and 21 total points. It would be nice if he could get a few more assists to go along with that, and then, then here we go. <clears throat> Jules-Eric would suddenly be an 80-90 point player. Wouldn't that be something? And with defense like like his, should be in the All Star game every year if he's <laughs> if he has offense at that level. <clears throat> should be in yeah, literally All Star every year. Connor Dewar, despite his fairly hot run, still only eight points because again super slow start to the year, and also again such a limited role. You know the opportunities just really weren't there as much. John Hines helping provide more opportunities to players that deserve it. Honestly, players that deserve opportunities. Yeah. Be it certain defensemen, and of course, like uh, the the bottom six, they absolutely deserve to be where they are. So, uh, with with extra minutes and such, whether you're third or fourth line, top line and such. But again, shuffling the lines has been a, a wise move. Faber right now is paired with uh, Middleton because of the Brodeen injury. Remember how Spurgeon was out forever. Now he's paired with Goligoski, like I mentioned before, to cover to help cover Goligoski, and Zach Bogosian is helping coverage on Merrill. It is what it is, right? It is what it is. That's all I can say about that. Yeah, this page, I think, is the one slowing everything down. It's choppy. Jules Eriksenek is centering Matt Boldy and Kirill Kaprizov, and there is a chemistry with Boldy and Kaprizov. It's a cool thing. Rossi has centered them as well. Sometimes you shuffle the lines in the game, but so far, lately, Rossi's been with Marcus Johansson, and that's helped a bit. 
and of course Zuccarello. So kind of two playmakers helping out Marcus Johansson, but Rossi also a guy who's probably the best goal scorer out of those three when you put the, the thing together, which a year ago would have been laughable. Marco Rossi, the best goal scorer of the three between Zuccarello and Johansson. Johansson's an established veteran. He's not a great player, but he's established. He's had good seasons. Zuccarillo's, you know, Zuccarillo. <laughs> he scores goals. He's a better assist man and everything, but he scores goals too. Yeah, Marco Rossi. And a lot of the guys that we thought we were getting years ago in the draft in 2020. Uh, a guy that kind of had, I don't know, I, I said the word Iserman when I went on the soda pod at the time. I said the word Iserman, and Isha made a face like his jaw dropped. Like, what? Iserman? Are you crazy? Well, it's just what I saw in the OHL. He looked like Iserman in the OHL, and I don't know, probably crazy. But it's just he has a skill set that could end up being something awfully special, I think, in this league for a long time. And these are just kind of early flashes of it, honestly. It's not like he's truly broken through yet, but you're seeing, you know, you know, a lot of things outside of like just the the box score that Rossi does bring defensively and timing and smart plays and all that, you know, setting up other players as well. Goudreau centering Patrick Mahoon and Marcus Foligno, which is fine. Connor Dewar is centering Ryan Hartman and Ryan Duhame, and that, that line's doing very well. No, no reason to really, you know, and, and yes, you can shuffle the lines, but no reason to complain about Ryan Hartman on the fourth line. It just, it is what it is. It's not like he's making money, you got to move him up. It's just, it's a bummer at the same time. But, well, you're the one signing him to the contract, bub, bub. <laughs> you're the one signing him to the contract, Mr. Uh, Bill Guerin. So it is what it is. If the coach, uh, if, if the coach and maybe you, uh, along with the coach, decide that Ryan Hartman should be on the fourth line, so be it. And But the good thing is the fourth line isn't what it used to be, like we've talked about multiple times in this show, that, uh, yeah, the fourth line is a bigger role than it used to be now, which is a good thing. Like So it's, it's not like, oh, great, I'm going to play like eight minutes a night. <laughs> I'll be lucky to get a shot on goal. And I'm an offensive player, damn it. Come on, give me some opportunities. So uh, that's the end of that. So the... Mike Madonna Award winner for this episode. I'm going to go with Matt Boldy. I've really been impressed, really pleased with how he's played. Gustafson, a strong honorable mention. I think he deserves strong honorable mention. I mean, he gave up one goal a game in the two games he played. Outstanding, honestly. He's, he's a completely different player. Very, very, very happy to have him on the Minnesota Wild. And he's been a lot closer to the guy last year. Is he at last year's level? Not yet. But keeps playing like this? Sure. Um, the numbers will improve. The numbers will adjust accordingly. It's not like Gustafson started off last season, you know, looking like Patrick Juan is prime either, so or Ken Dryden or whoever, name your elite legendary goalie. Marc-Andre Fleury in his prime. <clears throat> Who doesn't look like he's in his prime, but he's been okay. He's been better than he was anyway. <laughs> last year started off putrid, this year started off putrid in the net, so that's how things go there. Uh, any conversations with the cap and conversations with, with that? Yep, they've been talking about Possibly moving on from um, Goudreau. The conversation's out there. Just because he has a no-move clause doesn't mean you can't do anything. And, of course, again, Dean Everson's no longer the coach. But Goudreau's been playing fine, so we'll see. It's just that five years of 2.1 is a little crazy. For a 30-year-old Frederick Goudreau, it's a little crazy. Even though the amount isn't super high, it's still... Uh, okay, it's kind of long, guys. <laughs> it's kind of long. Kind of like this Felino guy, who's contract doesn't even start till next year. Ryan Hartman. Yep, well, it's one year shorter. 
Okay, I've talked about it enough. Sorry, you hate me now. I, I know you're sick of it. Brandon Duhame, is he the odd man out when uh, it's time to get uh, Mr. Um, who's Nadinoff in here? We'll see. Could be Patrick Maroney. He's 35, even though he's having a nice year. He is 35. Golagoski will not return. Blah, 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 blah. So, <laughs> Zach Bedosian probably won't, but I guess you never know. Just don't get crazy, okay? Don't sign him to like a four-year extension for like a million and a half, okay? Please, please don't do that. Please, Bill Guerin, don't do it. Don't even think about it, buddy. Bud, bud, as they might say. So, with that said, the James Shepard Memorial, Evander Kane, <laughs> Evander Kane, <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. I mean, obviously, John Merrill, Goligoski, you can rip forever. Merrill's been the worst player on the team. Goligoski's not been a whole lot better. They've been a huge disappointment, but it's kind of almost like just kicking on, kicking a guy over and over and over again. So, I don't know. I'm going to go outside of the wild for this one, even though the wild only went one and two this week. It's pretty crappy. Um, Evander Kane for basically injuring Jonas Brodeen and the NHL for just kind of like, I don't know, saying, oh, sorry, we should have done something basically after the fact and it's too late. Yeah, thanks, guys. That's basically what's going on. So with that said, we'll take a quick break, come back, preview some games, look at the prospects, and then another fun fan interaction. There it is. There's another one. Hughes. Uh, with Colorado there. Philadelphia. What the? That's even worse. No, it's not worse. It's as bad. Yep, and there's the Kane Brodeen. They're actually showing all of them. All these different replays of guys basically getting boarded. Wow. That guy could have broke his neck and a lot of other things. Anyhow, sorry, I had to see it. It was going on right at the exact same time. Yep, definitely boarding. And it's been happening quite a bit. Anyhow, we'll be back after this. here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, preview segment, and of course, looking at the <laughs> prospects and such. Some guys are having some, yeah, yeah, some guys are really picking it up of late, and it's very encouraging. We'll talk about that shortly. First, we're going to hear from our sponsor, DraftKings, here on the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You got... <laughs> You got the Lions tonight with Washington Capitals, Philadelphia Flyers, the puck line, plus 185 for the Philadelphia Flyers, minus 225 for the Washington Capitals. Any other notables? Wild in Calgary tonight, Minnesota, plus 160. This is the puck line, Minnesota, plus 160, Calgary, minus 192. <laughs> Ottawa Senators and St. Louis Blues, well, Dean Everson will not be coaching the St. Louis Blues. They're going with the other guy, so... Uh, Maybe Ottawa, we'll see, and I'd rather coach Ottawa if I were him as well, especially being from Canada, but Ottawa's got some promise. St. Louis Blues minus two, uh, 245, Ottawa plus 200. Oilers and Lightning, they're really Lightning there <laughs> as a dangerous combination there, but uh, minus 170 on the puck line for Tampa Bay, plus 142 for Chicago. Uh, for Chicago, for uh, 
Edmonton Oilers. I'm looking at Chicago, minus 130. I apologize for Chicago. Seattle Kraken, plus 110. That's the, those two teams right there. That that game might be nothing to nothing, and it might be 6-5. to five. We'll see. Vancouver and Florida, another game that might be 6-5 to five or nothing-nothing. If Casey DeSmith is in there, I guess Florida might as well just uh, pack, pack their sticks in the bags and just walk away because Casey DeSmith's going to shut them out, right? I don't know. Plus 205 for Florida, minus 250 for the Vancouver Canucks with one of the better retro jerseys out there. Um, the original jerseys are fine. The retros are even better. But anyhow, back to the <laughs> back to where we need to be. Download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 97777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after insurance. See dkdkng.com. I apologize. Slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. NHL and NHL Shield, I gotta like that, are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved. So, <laughs> yes, the Shield. Just like the NFL, right? NFL and NHL. To the previews. And thank you again, DraftKings, very, 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 very much. Yahoo is doing what it does best. White screen. Love white screens. Calgary Flames, my second or third favorite team in the NHL. Maybe third. I don't know. It doesn't. The Wild are my number one team. Don't worry. But also, this isn't just a fan doing a podcast. This is. I'd like to have objective points of view on the Wild. I'm not just worshiping the Wild because, uh, well, it's not like we're winning the Stanley Cup every year or, or ever, to be blunt. In Excel Energy Center, yep, finally the Wild play again, which is a great thing. That would be tonight at 7 o'clock. Excel Energy Center, Calgary's 11, 14, and 4. The Wild are 12, uh, 10, 12, and 4. Wahoo. Uh, I'd like to say we have a better record, but we don't. Uh, Chris Tenev, out. Tuesday's December 12th game, so we'll see what happens today. Markstrom is week to week. Jacob Markstrom, that's the goaltender, so wild chances are probably a little better, even though Markstrom has not exactly been spectacular. And Oliver Klingington rolls right off your tongue on injured reserve on October the 9th. Jonas Brodeen has been placed on injured reserve. Yep, Jonas Brodeen with the, probably a broken wrist or a broken arm, you know, that kind of thing. Milne and Hench is probably out for the seat. Well, no. No, well, yeah, they're out for a long time anyway. Yep, I'm getting them mixed up with someone. Uh, Calgary, 16th in goals. Minnesota, 24th. Calgary, 29th in goals against the Wilder. 15th. Gustafson, good job. And Flurry too. Uh, power play, the Wilder, 21st. Calgary's 29th. Penalty kill, the Wilder, the worst in the league. And thanks, Edmonton. Even <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> thank you very much, Edmonton. <laughs> and the Vander Kane situation, too. Penalty kill, Calgary, 9th, Wild 32nd. 30, 
second. It's a three-game series. Wild up one to nothing after the 5-2 butt-kicking the Wild had in the Saddle Dome the other day, uh, Tuesday the 5th. This could be a win for the Wild. We'll see. Hopefully we can win this season series. Otherwise, if we'll get another chance on Tuesday, January the 2nd, a day everybody hates because, well, you, you know why everybody hates January 2nd. I don't think I need to explain. Uh, uh, let's try not to think about that. Uh, anyhow, Calgary 1-4 in their last five, only beating Carolina, which would have been a cool Stanley Cup final years ago, but just didn't happen. 3-2 to two win there. Otherwise, they've been giving up goals, boy. 5-2 to two to Minnesota, 4-2 to two to New Jersey, 6-5 to Colorado, 5-4 to Vegas. Good teams and everything, including the Wild. We, well, we were red hot at the time. The Wild are 3-2 and two in our last five. So, um, what's going to happen here? I'd like to believe the Wild win this hockey game, and why the heck not? Uh, will it be Gus again? Probably, after a you know, long enough break, it probably should be Gus. He's, he's, you know, he's the main guy. He is. He is the main guy. And I trust him a little bit more, uh, generally speaking. Love the way Gustafson has been. He's been solid in net. You get Vancouver coming up. I'd probably say Marc-Andre Fleury for that one. Or, or, no, maybe you could go with Gus in both of those and have Marc-Andre Fleury at Pittsburgh, which I think he would probably enjoy more. And then you could have Gus in the back-to-back versus Boston. So, yeah, that's probably the best way to go. Put Fleury against his former club. I think I'd be mean to go the opposite direction. I don't, I don't imagine John Hines being mean. So, <laughs> only if he absolutely has to be. Uh, but the, uh, yeah, the Western Canada, we can say visitors, in this case, Calgary. Nazim Kadri's got eight goals tied to Blake Coleman, who is from <clears throat> Plano, Texas. Plano, Texas. That just screams hockey. Plano, Texas. Right. Um, it's so funny. Uh, Mackenzie Wieger's definitely been picking it up of late. Seven goals, ten assists, an elite defenseman. At least I think he's way up there anyway. Maybe the second-tier defenseman for Calgary. It's just they've been generally struggling. They have been better, kind of, up and down. Uh, the backup goalies and third-string goalie, Dustin Wolf, Vladar, the, you know, Vlad, whatever. Vlad the Impaler, whatever you want to call him, the Giant. 3.76 goals against average. 87 save percentage. Justin Wolf, slightly better. 3.46. And save percentage of 89.3. Can you imagine this? No shutouts for the Flames this year? Uh, no. So the Wild will win. The Wild will win this hockey game. Final score, 4-2, to 5-2. to two. It might be an empty net type of thing. But the Wild will win. Maybe even the 4-2 to two will be an empty net. I don't imagine the Wild just absolutely shellacking this team. I can't really pick the Wild to go off to win a game 6-2, to 6-1. to one. And if they do, so be it. That'd be great. But I do think the Wild win comfortably over Calgary to win the season series. Going up 2-0 in a three-game series. Gustafson in net is my is my belief. But maybe maybe it will be uh, Flurry. But I would definitely, at very minimum, save Flurry from... Van- yeah. Uh, if, if you're going to have Flurry play one of these two, it's probably this one. And then have uh, Gus go against Vancouver again to get a little bit of a rematch. And then, that's if you want Fleury to play one of these two. And then Fleury for sure at Pittsburgh. And then Gus can go go against the top-ranked Boston Bruins the next night. They're going to need a nice, fresh uh, Philip Gustafson against the Boston Bruins. But the Wild will win. Most likely going to score against the Calgary Flames. Let's keep riding the Boldy uh, train, eh? Let's keep riding the Boldy train. Will it be Thatcher Demko this time? I don't know. Um, he'd been out, unfortunately. But uh, Casey DeSmith was extremely good in his stead. 
Carson Susie injured reserve still, unfortunately, so that sucks. Uh, Pius Sutter, Sutter, injured reserve. Everybody's on injured reserve. Guillaume Brabo, love that one. Injured reserve since mid-October. Guillaume, just like Guillaume Latendresse. That's how I know how to pronounce it. Thank you very much for that. I, well, you, well, you could applaud, but I guess no one's really standing in front of me at the second. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Goals for Vancouver's number one in the league still. Yep, number one in the league. They're only ahead of us by 31. That's all. But we're 24th in the league, but only th about 31 more goals in the wild is what I'm trying to say. Vancouver, 8th in goals against. Mm. Vancouver's also number one in assists. I don't usually bring up assists because it's like, well, it's a nice stat and everything, but it's not like, you know, at the top of the list. They're number one in a lot of, in three different categories. Number one in goals, number one in assists, and number one in shooting percentage. Interesting. Penalty kills only 25th. Power play is <coughs> 5th. Oops. So, Vancouver... On the other hand, <laughs> the flip side of what the Wild are with Calgary, they're up they're up one to nothing in the series after the two nothing shutout, Casey to Smith and Net. Will it be Demko time? Or will it be Casey to Smith and uh, Gustafson again? Will it be a rematch? Wouldn't be the dumbest thing ever. It might be kinda cool and it would also be great if the Wild could win the game. <sighs> this could be a very tough week. This would be a very nice win if the Wild are able to pull this off. This is a oh, those one o'clock games on Saturday afternoon. Uh, ha, ha, ha. And the Vikings will be playing too. That figures. Yeah. Saturday football is awesome. But when it comes to the NFL as we get into December. But not when it interrupts wild games. Damn it. Come on now. That's interesting. So get your TVs ready to go. Your monitors. Hopefully you're ready to go. Yeah, monitors, TVs, if you know what I mean. All that kind of stuff. Because you're going to need them. Unless you don't care about the, the Vikings, I suppose. Which is possible. My, um, <laughs> Nick Mullins, a quarterback. Check out Purple Mafia for that. That's a podcast, of course. Uh, the Wild will not win, unfortunately. I'm going to say 2-1. to 2-1 to one or 3-1, to one, maybe an empty netter. Score some damn goals versus Vancouver. That'd be great. Please, score some goals versus Vancouver. But until you do, I'm going to say the Wild only get one goal. And that goal will be scored by Brock Faber. Brock Faber. <laughs> yep. Brock Faber versus Vancouver, and then Brock Besser will probably be the other guy. It's going to be the Brock show, but unfortunately Canucks win the season series versus the Wild until the Wild prove otherwise. I'm not picking him versus Vancouver at the moment. Now again, I'm going to keep saying this. It's got to be Marc-Andre Fleury versus Pittsburgh, right? Like, come on. Put Marc-Andre Fleury in, please. Um, not that I think he's a spectacular goalie, but it's Pittsburgh, okay? When, uh, he won one cup as the starter, and uh, <laughs> the other one, like the other two as the backup. The second one, he was more of like, kind of like, almost like a platoon, but yeah. Um, Murray was the main guy in that, in those series. Unfortunately for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. The Wild are pretty even with the uh, uh, the Penguins, almost the same in goals for, which is kind of sad in a way. Almost the same in assists as well, but goals against Pittsburgh, six in the league, so that's their number one statistic, other than they stay out of the box. They're number two in the league of st at staying out of the box. Penalty kills 10th. So a defensive-minded Pittsburgh Penguins team. Huh. Who'd have thunk that? Season series is just two games. Next game will be Friday, Feb 9th. So, there you go. Friday, February the 9th. We'll be playing in XL Energy Center. This one will be in the pit, or Pittsburgh anyway. Penguins have won two games in a row, including a shootout versus Montreal. In Montreal. Also defeating the Arizona, the improved Arizona Coyote Eads. 
Injuries. Jesse Pojababapuba. Okay. Poju, Poju Darvi. Okay, that wasn't, okay. I probably said it wrong, but we'll see. Hip injury on December the 13th. It just happened, so hopefully he'll be okay. Brian Rust, week to week, according to Coach Sullivan, as of uh, December the 7th, so he'll probably not play against the Wild. Noel Asiari, injured, reserved. <laughs> injured, reserved. Pittsburgh Penguins are a non-playoff team at the moment, and it just kind of is what it is. They're just kind of still there, I guess. Jake Gensel, former Gopher. No, nah. Jake Gensel, whatever he was. He did not play for the Gophers, son of a biscuit. <laughs> Jake, I don't know why, it's just Minnesota Ties, former, or son of former Gopher assistant coach, Mike Gensel. That sounds a little bit better. The leading scorer, almost tied with Crosby, basically. Crosby with 17 goals, Jake with 13, but 19 assists. For Jake Malkin, still hanging on. Gosh, at least they're staying healthy. It's just that's the sad part. They're all healthy, but it's like just not the same, you know. It's just not the same. Twenty-eight games, all of them. Good for them for staying healthy. It's about bleeping time. Um, Ten goals, fourteen assists for Malkin, who used to be hurt every ten seconds. Eric Carlson, remember him with San Jose, where he had eighty points last year on a team that was horrendous, but he was like this star, so to speak. Um, 15 assists, 6 goals, 21 points. Not quite as dazzling as last year, but still <clears throat> really nice offensive numbers. Gosh, these old, old players. Jeff Carter. Oh, Ricard Raquel. Yep. Riley Smith has been kind of a disappointment, I'd have to say. Um, Kristen Jerry, Yari, 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 sorry. Kristen Yari has been okay. 2.46 goals against the average, but yeah, save percentage is really good. He's actually been... He's been hot and cold, you can say. Um, that's why his goals against average is kind of like middle of the road. But the but he but he jumps up a lot. Or he's had some great games. Three shutouts on the year, ninety almost ninety two save percentage, but nine and ten on the year. The offense just hasn't been there. Maybe the defense isn't there at times. Um, and also a shutout by the I think this guy was on uh, Columbus last year. I know I've seen his name, Nedo. Jovich, Jovich, Hovich, Hovich. I, I, I think I'm saying it right. I don't know. I'm probably not. Two, two, nine goals against average. Wow, 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 wow. That's good. <laughs> Save percentage of 93.5 and a shutout. Wow. Yeah, that's Alex. Mm, that's actually quite impressive. I'm going to have to. Okay, yeah. He's he's kind of a. Yeah, but he's actually born in Ohio. But, you know, obviously he's got a. <laughs> They definitely got a European heritage, but born in Ohio. That's funny. The Wild will beat Pittsburgh. The Wild will beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Most likely guy to score in that one is going to be Kirill the Thrill. Kirill Kaprizov will score in that game. The Wild are going to win the game. Final score of 3-2 uh, to two versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. The most common score in hockey history. But the Wild win 3-2 to two over the Pittsburgh Penguins. Boston Bruins, 18-5-4 in Boston. I hate to say this, and I hate to be so blunt and quick. Loss. Loss. Sorry. It's just, I don't know. We, we don't really win there very much, and when they're really good like this, and if the Wild pull this one off, it'd be amazing. Linus Allmark, not quite as spectacular as last year, but his teammate, his, his goalie mate, his netbinder mate, Jeremy Swayman. Jeremy Swayman. All right. Two shutouts on the year. 2.07 goals against average. Save percentage of 933. And Allmark, the goals against average are way up, or is way up, pardon me, 2.71, save percentage of 
<clears throat> but both of them are winning hockey games. They're scoring goals. Charlie Coyle has 21 points on the season. He's one of the top fantasy players available in the free agent market. The only reason he's a free agent is because it's Charlie Coyle. That's why. Otherwise, Pasternak is dominating. He's a stud, 39 points in 27 games, 16 goals, 23 assists. He's just absolutely great. Brad Marchand, one of the weirdest people in the world. Just weird person. Weird. Odd. Um, he's just odd. <laughs> Almost a point a game, 12 goals, 13 assists in 27 games. Boston, is this finally going to be the year? Are you finally going to, like, freaking get over the hump and, like, win again? Milan Lucic, he's, like, 90 years old. Unfortunately, only four games on the season. Surely he's on injured reserve, right? Uh, or just coming back from it. Because it's not like I'm following Milan Lucic 24 hours a day. So, I, I can't. Sorry, I can't do that. <laughs> Charlie McAvoy, obviously one of the better players there in Boston. He's not a, you know, he's not one of my favorites, but he's all right. <clears throat> out for the game versus New Jersey. So we'll see what that means. Uh, Zaka out versus New Jersey. So no long-term conversation there. They may play against the Wild. Derek Forbot, injured reserve as of December the 7th. Boston is 16th in goals four. So, yeah, they're not this offensive juggernaut outside of Pasternak, but still good. Um, second in goals against, though. Again, Swayman is swaying the puck somewhere else. Number one in penalty kill versus the worst penalty kill in the NHL. Interesting. Very interesting. And 13th in the poor play. The poor play. This is Tuesday, December the 19th. Again, a back-to-back -back after Pittsburgh. And then Saturday, December 23rd. So this season series will be wrapped up in a week and a half, basically, as we head into Christmas, Christmas weekend and all that cute stuff. Boston 3-2 and two in their last five. They did lose 2-1 to one in New Jersey recently and lost 3-1 to one to Buffalo. So they've had some nights where they just aren't scoring. But generally speaking, they're as good a team as there is in the NHL right now. A Boston-Vegas Stanley Cup would be kind of fun, actually. Boston, New Jersey, East Final would be fun. Maybe New Jersey would win that one, though. You never know. Boston, I don't know. They, they choke in the playoffs, but gosh, they're a tough team, generally speaking. Sometimes they make a playoff run, and then they choke. That kind of thing. <laughs> you think, okay, they're going to win it this year, and then they still don't. It's like, oh, man. So we'll see. We'll see. That's a team, I swear, since about 2011, and you could argue like years before that, but at least in 2011, you know how many cups? They, they should probably have about three. Three. Like maybe, and I'm not saying every year they were they, they were good. I'm saying they should have about at least three out of the possible maybe six chances, you know, to really go all the way. They should probably have about three cups in the last ten years or so. Honestly, as talented as they are, it's not asking as much as you think and how many great players have they had come and go over the years. So, I don't know. But the Wild will not beat the Boston Bruins. It's going to be <clears throat> it's going to be a 4 to 2 kind of a game. 4 to 2 type type of game, maybe 3 to 1, but it's going to be they're going to stifle the Wild, I think. Maybe even a shutout, but I hope not. But it'll be like a 4 to 2 type of game. Maybe they get an empty netter against us. Uh, it'll be close. The Wild will be in it. Maybe this one goes to a shootout. The Wild hang in there. They play really well. And it's 3-2 to two type of thing. It's like 2-2 two to two going deep, deep, deep. Gustafson's good in that. But obviously we'll have played Pittsburgh the night before. So this could end up being a 4-1 to one type of game as well. Which wouldn't surprise me. I'll stick with my slightly more positive 3-2 to two type of game. Um, most likely guy to score for Minnesota versus Boston. Uh, well, the coach and the GM can't score. They're both Boston kind of guys there. Um... 
So who is it going to be? Well, <laughs> let's go with Marcus Foligno. What, where am I coming up with that name? I don't know. I guess Marcus Foligno is going to find a way to grind in a goal in this one. Obviously, he's, he is playing better defensively this year. He's been a generally better player this year than last year. The offense certainly hasn't been there from two years ago, but that's how that goes. So, with that said, let's take a look at the prospects now. A, as we usually like to start with the Iowa Wild, Nick Patan. They definitely have been playing better. They've been winning games in Iowa. Nick Patan, but again, it's the same veterans leading the team in scoring most of the time. Patan with 18. Jake Lucchini with 18. He had multiple goals the other night, or multiple points anyway. And Kyra with 11 goals. Patan, yeah, I'm looking at assists here. I'm going crazy. Uh, Lucchini's the leading goal scorer. Yeah, <laughs> nine goals. Kyra's the second goal scorer tied with Beckman with only five. Only five? Sheesh. Yeah, Letary, he had a multi-point game. Yeah, he's been very good since going back down. And he'd been pretty good with Minnesota as well. He's at least a nice fourth-line NHL player. To me, Letary is not a quad-A player. He is NHL-level fourth-liner. It's just, unfortunately, usually there's a, somebody that's a little better, that type of thing, or you have a little bit like like a Connor Dewar. You know, who would you rather have, Connor Dewar or Vinny Letary? I have to say Connor Dewar. I have to. And I hate saying it for Vinny because I, I love Vinny. He's not my cousin or anything, but he's, he's, a, he's a cousin. He's one of those guys related to uh, Lou Nanny, though. He's one of those guys. He's part of the Lou Nanny family, of course. Letary, Vinny, Vinny, Vinny. Um, from Excelsior, boy, that's a... Boy, that's a that's a blue collar neighborhood, not, <clears throat> but uh, not not at all. Uh, what do you expect though? Lunani's not poor, no, <laughs> not at all, uh, and he shouldn't be, because he's good at everything he does. Uh, and Vinny Letary's pretty pretty good too. I think he's NHL level. It's just that again, you get the, the Connor Dewar type guys. That's kind of what it is. Deham, that's the one thing. But when Letary's up in the NHL, I, he fits. That's why he's really good at the AHL. I do not see him as a quad A guy. So far, that's Ben Beckman, I guess, because he comes up to the NHL and nothing really happens. Uh, same with Sammy Walker. God, I hate saying that. Come on, guys, you can do it. Luckily, they're still young enough. Hopefully, something will click. Ryan O'Rourke still at six points. Lambos at six points. That type of deal. Spachik still at three now with 13 games in there. So, Sweeney. Mm. Just heartbreaking. Kyle Mostas with two assists in ten games. Kaden Benkir finally playing after being hurt forever. Two games, but nothing yet. But finally playing. Missed quite a bit of time. That's the guy I keep getting mixed up with uh, some of the others that we, we've been seeing on the uh, list. Uh, yeah, Sweeney. Just just six games. Kind of, he's been off injured and been disappointing. It's sad. I feel for him. And how, how can you not? Uh... And I heard another pronunciation of Jesper Volstad. That It's like, it's not stat, it's like, I forgot what it is, like Steed, I think? Jesper Volstad. Wrap your head around that. <laughs> Jesper Volstad. So anyhow, Mr. Volstad with 2.09 goals against the average. Now he just continues to be an outstanding goaltender. He did give up three the other day, but... Still, three is not going to like make it feel like, oh, he's a backup now. Save percentage, 93.3. Two shutouts on the season. 10-5 and five on the year. Zane McIntyre, 0-6. So, Valstead has definitely been good in that for the AHL's Minnesota Wild. And I do have to correct myself. 
I made a jerk of myself for saying Iowa, the Iowa Heartlanders are having a terrible season. They're actually not. They're actually significantly better than last year. Like last year was just the doldrums of hockey hell. Ugh, like fire and brimstone of hockey hell. It really was. Or whatever you want to call it. It's it's definitely a better team this year. Um, Pavel Novak has been moved to the uh, Iowa Heartlanders to kind of maybe get him going, get his pace going. You know, getting sent down, hit a couple home runs, you know, that type of thing in baseball. That's kind of what's happening. And Novak has hit a couple of home runs in five games. Two goals, two assists. So look at it that way, I guess. A couple of base hits. It's just that, yeah, Hunter Jones has been snake bit in the ECHL. That's what this is. And um, it's too bad. I, I, I guess he's not really, at this time, somebody that the Wild are probably all too excited about. And it's just a sad truth. Um, Peyton Jones has definitely been significantly better. But it's not like he's great or anything. He's from Pennsylvania. He's already 27 years of age. But uh, God bless him, 2.72, and he's 8-5 and five on the year. He's been the best goalie for the uh, Iowa Heartlanders of the ECHL. Pavel Novak, the main notable other than Hunter Jones down there, though. And it's nice to see Novak doing something. Spachek was there a couple games. He scored two goals in just the three games he played. So, again, a couple home runs there. <laughs> at double A is what we'll call this because it's not triple A, it's double A <clears throat> so now we'll start to bounce around the prospects elsewhere outside of Iowa and Iowa yeah, Iowa and Iowa <laughs> it's just kind of funny at least they're not called the Wild All-Star wouldn't that be confusing and ridiculous and stupid <clears throat> let us love, first off alright, well he's about a half a point game guy half a point a game guy Slightly ahead of last year's pace, but really right about there. But uh, more goals. 12 goals, 11 assists in 40 games. So, I don't know. Is he still in the Wilds' plans? Possibly. But I'm not overly optimistic on that. Damon Hunt is the guy who's been, yeah, he's definitely been the, well, top-scoring top scoring defenseman for Iowa now with 9 points, 8 assists on the season. A little bit quieter week this week. I think he got one assist, but at least it's something. It's better than nothing at the end of the day. Um, O'Rourke and the others. Lambo stuck at six points, though, this past week, which is fine. They're still learning the game, and obviously it's more to more to hockey than just scoring points. You know, you got to play defense and other things as well. So future bottom six forward slash third-line center, fourth-line center, maybe fourth at the beginning, but third later, and obviously, again, playing a better role when he's up with, uh, when, he, when he, even if he's on the fourth line with Sochi, 24 games, 5 goals, 6 assists, so no points, nothing new really to update you uh, with Merit Husnadinov at the moment, so that's the way that goes, unfortunately, but uh, Ugrin's definitely been stepping up of late, as has a guy named Charlie Strummel, we'll get to him in a second, but we'll go with Ogren for now, with that Dallas Star reverse-looking jersey, kind of cool, <laughs> kind of cool, like what we're seeing there, uh, yep, two goals, Two goals now for the Swedish Hockey League. He did get his second goal. So that was what the conversation was. And he will be on the World Junior Classic coming up here. So, yes, World Junior Classic under 20 coming up shortly for Mr. Liam Ugrin, who had had the shoulder surgery earlier in the year. That explains the reason for only five games this season. But at least he was productive in those five games for the most part. Another guy who's been very productive. 35 games in the KHL, folks. This is not the MHL. This is the KHL, professional Russian hockey. 35 games, 12 goals, 15 assists. That is the guy by the name of Danila Yurov. At 19 years of age, very productive, very, very encouraging. He's scoring goals. He's setting up players. 
it's a combination of excellent uh, of just really strong play. You're not going to see like him play eighteen, uh, play eleven playoff games and get no no points. Uh, Nineteen playoff games years ago, that's going all the way to the final and no points, just a minus one. He did score a goal for the MHL that same year, though. Interestingly, man, that's a lot of playoff activity. It's kind of <laughs> it's interesting dominating though in that year for the MHL. Of, of the MHL though, KHL is what matters right now for Daniel Yurov, and he is. Definitely taking giant steps forward. Absolutely uh, one of my favorite prospects with the Minnesota Wild, to be quite fair. He is up there, man. Uh, way up on the list, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, I already talked about who's Nadinov. Nate Benoit with North Dakota. Seven games and two penalty, two, two penalty minutes and a plus two. That's it. <laughs> yep, Kyle Masters with Iowa. Banker with Iowa. Talked about them. Jack Pert with the... St. Cloud State Huskies, four points now. He added a he added a third assist. One goal, three assists now in 16 games for the St. Cloud State Huskies. A national power, of course. Junior year for Jack Perch. And he is at a quarter of a point a game, which is fine because he's a defensive-minded defenseman. Lambos is in Iowa. Jesper Valstit is in Iowa. Petrovsky still with the Owen Sound attack. 28 points and 20, in 28 games. That sounds very familiar. So basically, he's been a point-of-game guy. Spachek in the minors. Ryan Healy for Harvard. Definitely a step ahead of last season. No question. He only had eight points in 34 games last year. This year, nine games already at six. So Ryan Healy taking steps forward, which is what you'd hope going from junior, uh, excuse me, freshman to sophomore. So that's always a good thing. It's a good thing. It's a good thing for sure. So, uh, where'd he go? I'm, I'm going, uh, Milne, uh, injury, unfortunately. Regular Lorenz, that's Denver. Yep, Denver Pioneers definitely steps forward. It's not like he's dominating, but he's ahead of last year's pace. He's officially scored more than last year now. 18 games, 6 goals, 6 assists. Yep, about, what, two-thirds of a point a game for the University of Denver Pioneers. They've always been a national power. They're not great every season, but again, taking steps forward, which which is what you hope and expect, and obviously ahead of last year's point total already at this stage is a good thing. Hunter Heitz with a French accent, center for Saginaw Spirit. Again, looking forward to what he could do at the AHL level coming up next season. Is he ahead of last year's pace? Yeah, he's about the yeah, slightly ahead. He's had a pretty strong week actually. He had a very strong week, and that's why. Um, now 13 goals, 22 assists. So he is actually ahead of last year's pace. Remember, a horrible start with Barry. Went to Saginaw and had like eight points in three games and then was decent the rest of the year. But that kind of, you know, put his points ahead of, uh, put put like way ahead, like in the term, like paced himself ahead of where he was going to be probably <laughs> in a normal season uh, without the slow start. So it kind of got him caught up, you could say, in a lot of ways. Him being Hunter Hate. But uh, well over a point a game. Again, it is just the OHL, but still, go kick butt. You know, if you're going to kick butt somewhere, kick, I mean, if, <laughs> if you're going to be in the AH, uh, OHL, you better kick some butt. Jimmy Clark, okay, you know, he's he's definitely shown some signs. Seventh-round pick this past uh, uh, summer. Four goals, three assists, seven total points in 18 games for the University of Minnesota. The future national championship champions or so, I hope. Let's go to the other guy way at the top there, Charlie Strammel. 
showing some promise, finally getting some points as I'd been making fun of him and such, but had a big week this past week. And all respect to him, he ended up being the prospect of the week for MNW prospects. 12 games, 2 goals, 3 assists, 5 total points, going from a 1-goal guy now to 2 goals and 3 assists. So, respect, respect. Yes, keep it coming, Charlie. Please keep it, keep it coming. Rasmus Kumpelainen. Kumpelainen keeping right at that point of game pace. It just continues. Just yeah, right at a point of game. It's just a parallel type of thing. Now at 14 goals, 13 assists, 27 points in 27 games. The best guy of all. Well, one of the best prospects you're going to have. He is, oh my gosh. <sighs> I, have, I, have I mentioned I'm a fan? Yeah. See, there's one thing about playing in the juniors, the OHL, the BCHL, the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, this or that, Western Hockey League, WHL, you get the idea, and, you know, kicking some butt. But then there's this, 29 games, right? 29 games? Ah, 15 goals, 40 assists. That's all. Just 40 assists, 55 total points, almost two points a game now, um, ahead of last year's pace. Phenomenal last year, but this year just absolutely a phenom. Riley Height is the kind of guy you just look at and you're just blown away. Just blown away. He is, uh, I, I cannot wait to see what he does at the next level. Because it's like, obviously, you know, see, juniors, if you're this good and you're kicking some butt, it's like you want to hope that the guy can move to the next level and see what can happen. But maybe you don't want to rush him too quick. But at the same time, you don't want to waste a whole season or two when he could be at another level. Um, Aaron Punk, Punk, Hermantown guy. 10 points now for the Minnesota Duluth. And again, he is 20 years of age in his first year with Duluth. So make note of that. So that kind of helps his cause of, you know, being a little bit ahead of the curb there. Nine assists, one goal in 17 games for the U of, uh, U of, uh, UMD anyway, that we like to call it. Kalen Parker, 19 years of age, Western Hockey League defenseman, two goals, 13 assists though. Definitely some power play quarterbacking. And a definitely... Far cry from where he was two years ago as a minus 44. He, he had the points and everything. He had the point production, but was a minus 44. This year, he's a plus 8. Plus 8. He'd been a, a minus, even a minus 6 to start off this year in just two games for the Victoria Royals. Obviously, a team that probably wasn't all that good. If you're a minus 44, holy Toledo. They must have been just getting absolutely obliterated every night. 4-1, to 5-1. to one. Last year's Iowa Heartlander type of level. Or this year's Sharks or whoever. It's just, just depressing stuff. Um, but with the Moose Jaw Warriors, definitely major production for Kalen Parker. So that's it for the prospects at the time. Riley Height, you know, Charlie uh, Trammell, those guys highlighting. Uh, Daniela Yurov, absolutely. Jasper Volstead continues to be good in Iowa. Not as good as some previous weeks. But yeah, Riley Height, guys like that, Trammell, are definitely the uh, headliners for the prospects this past week. With that, we'll take a quick break and return for fan interaction once again. back here on fan interaction at brave the wild at brave the wild is where we like to like to be on x twitter spacex twitter x x x x okay it's not that bad um mm -mm. yeah hopefully we don't get confused as to which show yep 
Hashtag Crease Podcast, of course. Check that one out. Unfortunately, Derek was not on the last episode, which is a huge bummer. So I don't think my comments were read on the last episode. If they were and I was ADDing, it's possible because that can happen at times as I, if I'm often doing other things and such. So I tend to, sometimes I ADD a little bit when I don't mean to. So if my comments were read, thank you. If not, dang it. But understandable, I suppose, because they don't like me, dang it. No. <laughs> That'd be um, Teresa Ferris and Kalisha Townsell did the last episode. They did a very good job. Just not sure if my comments were uh, were read or not, but that's okay. It, it happens. You know, I'm not like, oh, no. It's not like I was, uh, you know, passing on the greatest hockey knowledge of all time. So <laughs> I'm not I'm not Lou Nanny. I'm not uh, whoever, you know. Nick Tockett, he's definitely passed on some hockey knowledge to the Vancouver Canucks, hasn't he? So, I think I posted a poll. I know Derek did. And again, hope you're feeling better, Derek. I'm guessing he's going to be on the next episode. That's my guess. Oh, yes, and I, I'm glad I scrolled all the way down to the most recent episode because I know there was a response in there that was... Um, Okay, yeah, Matt. There was another response to another thing, too. Yeah, I, like, included Matt. That'd be Banksy, 56, and he said, what? And I was saying, oh, it's nothing bad. Did You you did comment on one of the threads that I used on the show, and he said, okay, cool, I'm all for it. So, thank you. Hope to, uh, and nice to meet you, Matt. So, absolutely. Nice to meet you. Yes, okay. I was, like, blob. I was blabbering away. I apologize. So, I was like, yep, and I was getting in some crazy rants, and I do apologize. Okay, this is where the responses are. I was saying getting shut out would be real shitty. To, uh, would be a real shitty ending to a nice winning streak, regardless that Vancouver is real good. They hadn't been playing particularly well, especially defensively. It figures. And then I kind of get the, oh yeah, and then Derek says, Derek Felsk, of course, at crease and assist. And again, hopefully he's feeling better and he'll be on the next episode. I'm guessing he will. I can't imagine Derek missing two shows in a row, but it's possible. Um, anything's possible because busy or not feeling good. So Derek says, it's true. Had all kinds of chances to, yeah, to get an early lead in this game. DeSmith bailed them out many times on chances from in close. And when that early goal didn't happen, wonder if the whole team just kind of fed, oh, here we go again after Hoglander's goal. Yeah, that was so frustrating. Getting shut out kind of confirms the revision in his game tonight against the Oilers may further confirm that result, which means honeymoon slash sugar high is over. So what was I talking about when I said his game? Oh, in this game. Getting shout, shut out kind of confirms the revision. In this game. Got it, got it, got it. Yep, that's my fault. I thought you said his for some reason. No. I'm like, what, where, where, like who was I talking about again? <laughs> um, okay. Derek's poll. Which song fits the 2023-24 Minnesota Wild Crease podcast? Flirting with Disaster, One Step Forward, Two Steps Back, The Pit by Mouse Rat, Other, Please Reply. I put Flirting, or excuse me, I put One Step Forward, Two Steps Back. That feels like it, and it's kind of felt the way the last two years. Every time the Wild felt like they're moving forward, they're really not, but I don't know. But that, you know, I guess we had great regular seasons, but then here came the playoffs. It was like five steps back once the playoffs started. Uh, yeah, but I said thoughts on this up and down week or anything else, tag it. And again, tag it, hashtag BTWMN. Yes, if you could. And for Crease Podcast, it's hashtag Crease Podcast. Uh, here comes the Derek Felska lightning round because it has returned da 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 da. 
Don't you love that? I think Derek liked that. I remember he yeah, when he first heard it, he was like, that was cool. St. <laughs> Louis Blues gave Craig Berube the axe. Do you think we may see Dean Everson take that job? And how much do you think he'll want to stick it to the Minnesota Wild? I'm sure he will. You know, it's like uh, competitive nature. You get frustrated, this and that, you're mad. I mean, I, I know I would. Like, even if you're friends with the, uh, with Bill Guerin, you're still like, in a lot of ways, bleep you. You you gave up on me. So let's just say, yeah, I mean, I, I would think so. But, of course, again, yep, they did go with a different, uh, with an interim guy there. In They went in-house, so to speak. So I guess it's going to have to possibly be a Columbus or a, uh, Ottawa if those jobs do end up becoming available. So we'll see. And I do think he does want to stick it to the Wild. I'm sure he wouldn't have minded coming back into the division, but Ottawa's probably better you know, definitely got a better future. St. Louis, I'm not sure what they're doing there. Uh, we'll continue the round here. What's your favorite Doug McLeod memory? Um, oh, boy. Ultimately, I just really liked the guy's voice. I did. I really liked his voice. Um, I My mind is kind of blanking on that one because it's been so many years, you know, so to speak. It's been, yeah, I mean, ultimately, I, I just really liked his voice and his hockey knowledge. That's kind of my overall favorite uh, memory. Yes, Doug McLeod, unfortunately, passed away this, this week. And not a real old guy either, unfortunately. But um, obviously, yes, he was uh, just his, just overall his voice, his presence, I think would be my memory of him uh, at the end of the day. So we're going to give Doug, Doug McLeod a moment of silence. God bless Doug McLeod and his family. The next one, um, Jonas, uh, the, the, the lighting route, of course, continues. Jonas Brodeen has appeared to have bro, uh, broken his arm slash wrist as he was seeing having a season ticket holder sign his cast Yep, at a charity event. Can the Minnesota Wild climb from the Western Conference basement without him? Oh, probably not. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I guess so. I guess it's possible. I mean, we you know we beat uh, we beat Seattle, but I suppose that's not saying much. That's another thing that could end up you know having us lose games, but possibly to Pittsburgh instead of like you know we, you know what I mean games that we might have won, we might end up losing. Jonas Brodeen, every time he's out, it's like oh boy, it's usually a really big thing. Brock Faber's um, Brock Faber emerging and all that has been a huge, 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 huge positive. But when you look at again the bottom, and luckily. The coach here has been wise. Coach T- John T- uh, John Hines. John Hines has been quite wise by uh, hiding those players. It would be nice to have Dakota Mermis up, though, I think. So, I don't know. Uh, still, he's, yeah, he's still in Iowa, and I'm kind of confused by that. So, um, it's possible, but I would say our chances are pretty tough. Pretty tough without Jonas Bardeen, for sure. Um, continuing the lightning round. Many Minnesota Wild fans wanted to see Evander Kane suspended, yep, for his hit on Jonas Bertin, and were angered when he only got a warning. Yeah, just a little warning. Now knock it off, not knock it off, young man. You know better. Go, go out and play now. Stop throwing rocks at pretty. Stop throwing rocks at the pretty girls now, dude. Come on, <laughs> yeah, right. A warning by the Department of Player Safety. Uh, are we becoming too sensitive uh, about hits? That were pretty common and normal in hockey. Sometimes, but that one just kind of... I can understand it being kind of normal, but it's just... 
I don't know. It was such a vulnerable position, and it kind of sucks. It's. Hmm. <sighs> you know. A, a little bit. Like I, I'm kind of like, yeah, you, you've kind of got me in a box here a little bit. I can understand that. Yeah, I, it's just, I, I, I guess it depends on the location of the the player getting hit. Like if they're a little bit of a distance from the wall per se, or there's more room for movement, and the you know the guy's head could literally, you know, crash into the wall. Like there was some where guys could have broken their necks and such, and obviously like a broken wrist. It kind of depends. Like, sometimes just kind of pinning a guy to the wall, like, that's okay. It felt like, again, like, it, it felt like more, it was, it was an intent to cause damage. Maybe not intent to injure, but to cause damage. Like, potentially injure a player. That's what it kind of felt like. Like, no real regard. That's kind of what ticked me off a little bit. I think a one-game suspension isn't the end of the world. I don't think it's, like, overreacting, per se. But... Yeah, um, at the same time, yeah, I mean, it. that was boarding, that's the one thing, so, to me, that one was boarding, some some of them, maybe not, again, you're just kind of pinning a guy, but that one, it just felt like a little bit too much, like he was coming full speed, that's, I think, what set a lot of people off. Uh, next one, what is your favorite single aspect of hockey? Only pick one thing, ooh, single aspect of hockey, single aspect of hockey, <sighs> Dare I say, I'm going to, how, hmm, like a, like a centering pass, I guess. That's kind of what I'm thinking about. Like where you kind of set up another player for like a sure goal. Like say your pass hits the player in the right time, right spot. And they can release the shot at the, you know, in that split second. That that provides a very, like, a really nice goal. I just, you know, I really enjoy that type of thing. Setting up a player, you know, like where a player gets set up just right, right time, right place, if you understand what I mean. That might be a lame answer, but that's kind of what I really, I really enjoy that. It's, it's, it's fun, especially as they're kind of, well, I'm hearing people yelling. <laughs> Sorry. Stupid apartment with no sound reduction. It's terrible. Um, that's kind of what I'm leaning towards, though. Those those centering passes that that are just it's just a pretty kind of a tic tac toe ish maybe type of goal, that type of thing. Uh, Jay Bushy, Jay Bushy jumps into the uh, lightning round, <laughs> jumps into the Derek Belska lightning round, and says, "And yes, love to hear from you, Jay. I really do." Uh, says, "Should should be concerned that KK still only has three even strength goals." Absolutely, yeah. That's not enough. That's not enough. Uh, I'm, yeah, I'm very concerned. And he has looked generally better, but he's still not the same guy. Uh, like how Dean, uh, Dean Everson was talking about how he still wasn't really fully healed from what took place last year. Could have been like a thigh, like a, you know, like a quad strain. That's kind of what people believe it could have been. Or maybe, yeah, for me, it sounds like a quad strain more than like a knee not really a groin but more of a quad strain because they said more like leg injury because obviously people don't want to say too much in the hockey world obviously I don't totally understand but uh, interesting so yes it is extremely concerning yes and hopefully Kirill Kaprizov will be completely healed soon this might end up just being kind of a mess season for him and maybe next year 
he'll come back better. But if this is all he is, what a bummer. What a total bummer. Um, I don't think it's a permanent injury, though. It's just, you know, some guys just are never the same, that kind of thing, like a guy named Matt Dumba. So, I don't know, though. It's definitely, definitely concerning. I My concern level, 1 to 10, is 7. It might even be 8, actually. Um, yeah, that might be a nice pull at some point. What's your concern level? That's a good one, Jay. Thank you very much. That's a, That could be a nice poll, actually, for next week, if I freaking remember. <laughs> Final question, and it's a big one. It's a big one, folks. Wild assistant GM Chris O'Hearn suddenly, and I let it sit there because then we can bring it up now rather than like put it on the first segment. Wild assistant GM Chris O'Hearn suddenly resigns. The Minnesota Wild don't comment. Is this a sign of a soon-to-be scandal or that not everything is rainbows and sunshine in the Wild front office? I will probably lean towards the latter. I don't think everything is rainbows and sunshine in the wild front office. I, I don't think everyone's... It's it's not, obviously. You know, maybe I shouldn't say obviously, but it's not. Like, things aren't working as well as we might expect. It it, it could be a scandal, but it, it, there, might, there must have been some type of a, uh, a significant disagreement somewhere along the lines of how things are going. Um how things were handled. Maybe maybe they, maybe they, there was talk of like uh, Kaprizov should have still been out. I, I don't know. But it's weird that Kaprizov was out as long as he was. Or, or, you know, was out as long as he was. Maybe they thought he was rushed back into the playoffs and that was a possible thing that could have hindered his career a bit, at least temporarily. But I would not be surprised if things were not all rambles and sunshine. Um, people definitely disagree. And sometimes disagreements turn into resentment, especially if you feel like your voice is not being heard as that can be insanely frustrating um, and some, sometimes somebody's just a pain in the butt too, I, I don't know, believe me, I've been around a lot of that everywhere where <laughs> somebody's just a pain in the butt and nobody wants to be around that person but um, I don't know um, I'm definitely not calling Chris O'Hearn that, see you hardly ever hear the name Chris O'Hearn, that's the funny part and that might be Somewhat like maybe he was just kind of pushed in the background way too much for certain other people who were making all the decisions and it felt like maybe he felt like his voice wasn't being heard and he's just like, you know what? Bleep this. That could be what happened at the end of the day. That's just kind of me throwing out a guess. Just speculation, so to speak. So, yes, Your Honor, I... <laughs> yes, Your Honor, I confess. I am speculating. But I suppose that's what we're supposed to do on this show and other podcasts when we talk sports with that said can't thank you enough Derek awesome 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 uh, lightning round once again Jay Bushy love hearing from you um, I swear there was responses though and I don't know okay yeah I have to go to another thing there were other responses I think I was bitching yeah bitching about the Vancouver game um, so I'll have to scroll back a little bit I don't know if I'm going to find it though that's the thing it could be a while back I'm going to keep scrolling. Apologize, apologize for my... Where? The, yep, here we go. Tater Todd Hockdish. Okay, good to hear from you again. Um, they say, uh, did you think you were never going to lose again? Of course, I didn't think that. <laughs> there are plenty of games where the better team loses in the NHL. Pretty sure DeSmith has always played fantastic against us. You're probably right. Um, I was definitely not saying... <laughs> 
<laughs> I just thought that that was a drop up from what was happening before. Uh, yeah, like after the first period, I was just frustrated. I don't know. I mean, of course, you don't think I'm that crazy, do you? <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad to get you back on, though. Um, yeah, I mean, you deserve to be heard. So, uh, Hawk Dish MN. Yep. Thank you for, thank you for the comment. You know, I mean, it's okay that you're like, you think, are, are you crazy? You think we're never gonna lose a game? Of, of course, I'm not that crazy. It's just, but um, yeah, the Smith has played pretty well against us in the past with Pittsburgh as well. So, I understand. Um, Derek Belsko is saying sounds a lot like the Torchetti pattern. What was that about? I think he was responding to someone else though. Yep, yep. That that two nothing loss. Yeah, yep. <laughs> so with that, we're going to uh, step away here pretty shortly. Uh, please do put a positive five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, anything you could out there. If you could do that, I'd really appreciate it. If you want to write a review as well, please do. If you don't, I understand, but if you could at least put a five-star rating, it would really help this show in a lot of ways. That's that's how shows grow uh, and get noticed more and more and get suggested to other listeners out there of other shows. So that's how it works. It's called Algorithms, and a lot of you probably know more about that than I do. With that said, um, shout-outs, of course, to MNW Prospects, Pavel Bennett, Justin Bakke, love you guys, um, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, my, uh, Kathy, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, David Abraham, David and Chance Kostick, of course. Uh, huge, huge shout-outs to you, Chad Wals- uh, Walski. So love you guys very much. And again, uh, Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner out of Florida. Awesome guy there as well. So huge, huge shout-outs. Again, major shout-out to Crease and Assist Podcast, of course. Derek, uh, Derek, Teresa, and Kalisha. Kalisha, Kalisha and Teresa. <laughs> I like to have fun with that because it rolls right off your tongue. So with that, have yourself a merry little Christmas season, and hopefully the Wild can keep things uh, bright.